kind of a mistake then Hard enough to eat and try to fucking pay rent Now I gotta worry about what you gonna say then If you asking about the smoke, then I am the main man If you ain't hear from me, I ain't trying to I was in a daze, but now I'm sobered up It's time to celebrate, yeah, I'ma pour it up Goodbye to the days, threw me in the mud Now I forget your face, and that's a stroke of luck Check, mic check. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. In the process, writing a story. I'm your host, Connor Kamineski. This is just the podcast where we're going to be coming on, discussing a few thoughts that I've been going through this week, um, or interviewing artists, athletes, entrepreneurs, stuff like that, talking about their story, where they came from, how they got to where they are today, the adversity they faced, stuff like that uh, as well. We'll talk a little bit about my brand. Um, some weeks, some weeks we won't. And yeah, this week we have a very special guest. Goes by the name of Drew Sicko. He's a local Edmonton artist. He is a very artistic man. He, when I when I speak to him and when I talk to him and hang out with him, he's very creative. He uh, he's definitely got his head in a direction where he wants to go. And it, it definitely makes me super proud to talk to him and, and hear his thoughts and where he's came from. And it definitely gives me some inspiration to keep going in my craft, keep doing what I'm doing. And I can really appreciate where he's coming from. Um, with my kingdom stuff, uh, I'd like to guys let you know that I do have a lot of stuff planned for this summer um, to drop. Definitely some some stuff that I'm really proud of and that I really look at and I enjoy and so yeah i mean without further ado i'd like to get you guys into the interview with drew sicko so everyone here's drew sicko discuss a little bit more about yourself and and your journey in in music and stuff like that so i i do appreciate it and i guess what i really wanted to start off with bro um and what i i think we really i I didn't hit a lot of last time is is your first album kind of there with one six uh you obviously made it in 2017 um you were like what 16 17 then Yeah. yeah yeah so 16 17 still in high school and you just kind of said, screw it, I'm, I'm going to drop an album, and you made it, and it was mostly just instrumentals and stuff like that, so I kind of want to hear what, what your story was when you were 16, 17, kind of your your mindset there, and, and what drove you to really create that that first album, 1-6, and then your next album, Thermo, and then going from there, right? Yeah, so 1-6, so there is actually, like, I feel like none of the albums have, like, stories of how they were made, but of course the first one's got, like, a, a backstory, so I was cruising around instagram starting to find like some like-minded people like within the golf wing community and people that were enjoying artists that i was also enjoying 
DMing with them, not just like following and stuff, but just like actually having conversations. Um, and I started to get like mad inspired, you know, uh, I was starting up a magazine called brand new just to, uh, like encapsulate more of these people and kind of have a platform for them. Um, and yeah, just being around so many artists and clothing designers, like you start to realize like, Oh yeah, anyone could do this. Right. Like, so it's not all that difficult. You don't have to have a degree or, or take years of schooling. You can just start out. And, uh, it was one day like paired with that and the inspiration knowing I can do it. And then I also, I really like Earl Sweatshirt and he really has nothing to do with the B tape or any of my production, but he dropped the Earl tape, which I really like. It's a really great mixtape for what he was trying to do there. I, I heard a fact about how he, how he was 16 when he made that. And I was 16 at the time. I'm like, oh shit. Okay. So there's literally no excuse now. And to even like go further with it, it's called one six because uh, I was 16, but also I gave myself 16 days to do it. So I probably made like two or three beats ever before that shit. And uh, then I was like, yo, 16 days, because I knew if I worked on it, if I said, oh, I'm gonna start an album, I'm gonna work on it for like a year or two and never like finish. Yeah. Because that's the hardest part, finishing an album. So it was, the goal was basically like, okay, make as much quality shit as I can in 16 days. And I really put a fire under my ass type thing because every time I was home from school, I was like, yo, there's only 14 days left. Oh, there's only 10 days left. Oh, there's only three days left. And it wasn't like a stressing thing because I knew I only put this deadline on myself, but it was more of a time management thing. And I also created the cover art for it. Like initially, like I was scoring the picture, right? Like the, the photo that I made. So I didn't have to, like, and I already had the title. So I had the release date, the title, and the picture, which sometimes, believe it or not, is the hardest part about an album. Like, you think the sonics and figuring out, like, mixing and all that would be difficult, but sometimes it's matching up the visualizer, like, all the the art direction elements and the deadline and actually deciding when it's done. But for to give myself that, like, it was almost like a challenge, like a 16 days. I was talking to people that didn't even agree with it. They're like, yo, you shouldn't rush art, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, well... There's two options. It's either I, since I'm a perfectionist, I know this. If I give myself no deadline, it's never going to be like finish, finish. It's never actually going to come out. Yeah. Or I do this and I tell everybody when I drop it, like, oh, I made this in 16 days while I'm 16, you know, no excuses. And that was like part of it. And then with 1-7, it was definitely like a collection of just beats I kind of made while I was 17. And then 1-8, kind of similar thing. And then I've been off it since I've been working so much with other people on like projects and, and vocals on my own stuff. Like I haven't done a one nine or a two zero, but I probably will when I get some time, look in my hard drive and find all those beats during those years. Like when I was 19 and, and the beats I've been making this year, cause that's the idea of the, the album series is just to encapsulate like the type of production style I had in each year of my life. And I'm, I'm trying to do it until I fucking die. Right. So. That, that was one thing that I heard when I first listened to the 1-6 the and then went to Thermo and, and all that. You you were doing instrumentals mostly and just beats and stuff like that. So you didn't really get into vocals until your most recent album. And like I, I, I always listen back and I'm like, man, like if he threw a vocal on this beat and dropped it right now, like this thing would be crazy. Like it, you just have like yeah, such an like- extreme, extreme like talent, I feel, with like changing up your vocals and changing up your voice to match different style of beats that I think 
a lot of fans and a lot of new people coming in would look at it and be like, man, like this beat was dropped in, in 2016 or, or 2017 and he brings it back and he gave it a little twist and it, it's mashing up real nice right now, right? So yeah, facts. There's there's a lot of tracks on those old beat tapes where I did write full verses or full hooks, but I just didn't have the recording equipment or the confidence myself, to be honest, to like actually record it. And uh, a lot of those things with like, uh, affecting my vocals differently for different sounds like some of that was necessity for the vibe of the song but some of it was just like hiding my true voice right like because I wasn't really developed with it enough putting filters on pitching it up and down like um, which I feel like a lot of artists do nowadays um, especially if they're coming up off like Tyler and Brockhampton influence um, which I'm definitely am and for me it was more so even like Quasimodo and like stuff like that um, which is Mad Lib's alias when he raps so um it was kind of just like, yo, I'm gonna get it how I can type thing. Like, I know I'm not fully confident to, to spit like a very dry vocal, but I know I like to manipulate and saturate and, and uh, you know, pitch up and down like vocals as another, an, another uh, way of like artistic expression, so. And when we're talking about like Tyler and, and Brockhampton and, and Earl Sweatshirt and stuff like that, like which one of those guys really do you find I think I know the answer, and I would assume it would be Tyler. But which one of those guys do you think had the most influence on your music? And which album, I would say, like, what one inspired you most to really create an album of your own? Like, which album of theirs created, made you want to create an album of your own in a certain style? Yeah, it was, it was definitely um, Tyler with Wolf, man. Because, like, that's the album that I, I found him through, and... Uh, I definitely look back on Bastard and Goblin and stuff and sometimes those listening to those albums back with a different perspective and a different ear for mixing I can actually like um, like comprehensively dissect like what was bad about those albums and even though he's my idol I know I could like in a way make shit that's kind of better than that and that's crazy because like I know it's his first shit or is, is you know he dropped some mixtapes that are on uh, MySpace before but like the fact that logistically, like on an objective music opinion, I could make something of higher quality than my my a few albums that my idol dropped, right? But it was also the context around him, just the excitement. Everybody was like cheering on this kid, right? And uh, he was never saying no to anything. With I think Tyler's influenced me more in never saying no to things, uh, trying to make clothes, magazine, all this sort of stuff. But this like actual sonics of like my music. I don't really like like people can can c compare it to it but i think it's more of a feeling and an attitude than it is like oh this sounds like this right because i don't i don't ever go out to try to make someone else's sound and i think tyler's um initial like scientific method to producing music is not like oh take this type of chord and put it on this type of drum it's not it's, it's more of an attitude of approaching music which is be yourself and somebody's gonna find it cool and that's what how I approach my my shit as well. So in that regard, I take a Tyler influence. But yeah, any anything that's like um, in the music that sounds similar is just coincidence because I'm just speaking from the heart and I'm using my influences that have subconsciously affected me and just been like, oh, I, I think I like it's more so a taste level thing. I feel like anyone with good music taste and and patience can make uh, beats or sing or rap with enough practice because it's really just a taste thing. Yeah, man, I, I definitely can agree with that. And, and I think for your certain type of music and the, and the beats you make and the vocals you use, like it's very 
such a unique taste to to music and stuff like that you don't hear at least i don't hear a lot of rappers and, and hip-hop artists make music much like yours where like i i look at like the mainstream artists right now like travis and, and drake and like kanye and stuff like that and they all make their own type of music in their own type of way but all their their sounds and their their beats and their vocals they all kind of they have their specific sound to them you know same as rocky same as tyler yeah. they all just kind of have their own sound and it's unique to them when i listen to you i i think you have the same the same thing man you're you're your own artist and your own unique sound and it comes from the heart and you put true emotion behind your music and i think in this interview and the last time we spoke as well you can see that you're very emotional towards your music and you're very driven to to make the best beats and the best vocals and put the best thing together that you possibly can in order to please your fans and yourself and speak from your your, your heart right and i definitely respect mm -hmm. that and and as when you're 16 and and you said to yourself i'm going to release a music like i'm going to release an album that's just going to be instrumentals and you're 16, right? People are probably looking at you like, man, you're crazy. Like you're 16. You're, you're not going to do this. You can't do this. Like people, there's going to always be doubters. And I think as a 16 year old, you probably faced a lot of adversity and a lot of doubters and a lot of people looking at you like, man, like, why are you trying this? Like, why don't, why don't you just work the nine to five and, and come to school, bro, and, and grind out school. Mm. And then when you graduate high school, you're going to go to university, man, you know, like, you can grind that out and then do that, you know, instead of trying to pursue the dream of music because music is such a, it's a hard industry to make. But I think if you have enough drive to do it and, and emotion in your music and your sound and you, you're vulnerable, you can definitely be the best artist you want to be, right? Whatever, whatever true artistry is to you and whatever you want to make, like however you want to make it you'll make it and i definitely respect you because you've you've made such unique music and you've done it for yourself and, and your true fans and people that really appreciate and, and respect and love you as a hip-hop artist and as a human being right and I, I definitely respect that and i think your your fans and the people that you surround yourself with and where your music gets to more and more people will end up loving it and appreciate the sound that you're that you're putting out so yeah thanks bro like yeah for me i think the adversity part of it and the doubters um that's kind of like a very uh typical thing like that's the 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 typical story is that oh you got to fight against these doubters but for me like i did get a lot of love and support from the instagram kids uh my, my family people at school were finding it cool um it was more so internally uh those little ideas popping up but to me like that's just not like I, i'm trying to be very intentional with my uh, role models right and if my all my role models went to college and did that route and they achieved happiness and were business moguls and success like i might be more inclined to follow that route and be like okay cool but since basically none of them are like kanye very vocal about being a college dropout i mean that's one of his albums tyler definitely he was faking going to college while he was recording bastard um, like none of my idols really did that. And I feel like it's just a natural thing. I try to be frictionless, um, in terms of like my, what I'm trying to do in my life, which means if it makes sense, kind of pursue that, whether that's a relationship or a job or, a uh, what you want to do in the day, uh, if it doesn't make sense and if it's forced, 
I don't really want to do that. And I feel like a lot of kids that are out here, they're they're struggling between what they think they should do in a society. They think they should what they what will make their parents happy or what will make themselves happy. And sometimes those are three different things. And they're trying to do all at once or and it kind of ends up they're doing neither. I know so many kids that are in college that they're like, I don't want to be here. It's so expensive, blah, blah, blah. And I just never got a really good, uh, there's no good reviews for college in terms of people that I've actually spoken to. Like there's people, like, I think it's a great investment, um, to get an education like that. But, uh, if you're ever seeing it as like, that's the only route, then you're just mistaken because I've learned everything up until this point through YouTube, uh, talking to people, and I've taken some courses, but this was quite recently, just trying to up the mixing quality at Resonate with Conch, cause, and I have nothing but love for that guy because he, he's helped me with so, with so much, but that's the only time I ever invested financially in my own education because, and even then it wasn't like a, a mixing course or a, like a, a full act, like academy, right? It was just me and some guy and I was picking his brain and giving him time or giving money for his time, right? So um, there's different, there's alternative forms of education and I think the best one, like, is just talking to someone who actually does it because they love to give out that, uh, like, that sauce, right? That's what I call it, like, the sauce of how they did it. Like, these are the ingredients. This is the, um, how I felt during the thing. So, and then also listening to podcasts. Like, even though I make music, bro, you can ask anyone I know, I listen to podcasts more than music. Like, before going to bed, waking up. Uh, I'm actually trying to consciously like listen to new music, different stuff I haven't heard before, because for me, if there's ever an opportunity to like listen to someone spitting facts or telling about their story and, and the stuff that you're trying to um, bring out of people with this podcast, I'm going to do that because there's only so much you can learn from music. I feel like um, you learn a lot from podcasts, you get inspired a lot by music and it encapsulates a feeling. Um, but yeah, I'm just trying to educate myself as much as possible because I guess you could call this a gap year that's turned into two or three or my whole life not going to college. But this is still the time and place in a human's like per, like um, development where they should be learning the most out of everything. And then later in life, uh, you know, refining it and trying to teach it later. So Yeah, man, I, I, I definitely agree with you where I think education in school, it, it is important, but it all depends on the on the direction you really want to go. You know, like, I mean, being a doctor, you obviously have to go to school or being a lawyer and, and stuff yeah. like that. Right. But I, I think as like an like if you're starting a, a business or something like that and or wanting to be an artist or whatever it may be, a fashion designer or whatever, I, I think there is there is college programs and university programs for that for you. But I think if the way the education system works is they, they give you the basic, you know, they, they give you in a like fashion designer course. I've never personally done one or, or really have done much research on a university fashion course or anything like that. But I think mm -hmm. when you go there, you're going to get the most basic information and, and you're going to learn this stuff that you could probably search up on YouTube and, and figure out within two days. Oh, for sure. You know, uh, first business I started was when I was 16. So I'm only 20 and I got four years experience. Yeah. So that's a whole co college course uh, in terms of time wise. And but. and trial and error, right? Like, I mean, oh yeah, trial and error is the best teacher. You can never learn more from it. Yeah, uh, as long as you don't get hung up emotionally on the on the failures, right? Yeah, and if you do, then you find yourself in an emotional state that 
you might make a sad album out out of right like um we never even touched on thermo but thermo was after one six and that was more so when i was starting my my magazine but it kind of got sidetracked because of relationship issues and uh i was really i was down bad around that time in my life um very confused not knowing what i'm gonna do grade 12 type shit and uh my I, I was lacking on my business and but all all i knew is that i still loved making music like that never stops like I, I can never get so sad that i hate like fucking around on this program here so uh i just made what i was feeling at that point and it is very a, a stark contrast between one six which feels like a little kid's show theme songs like most of the time because i'm using very happy chords and then thermo was just kind of like dark and spooky and to to sh- prove to myself that I can make both those types of music, um, which in some regard might be like the only, other than like lit stuff or super angry stuff, metal, like crazy stuff, like those are the two main emotions, like rejoice and despair. Like, so um, yeah, you could definitely take a bad situation and turn it into something good and uh, turn a weakness into a superpower in some sense. Yeah, yeah. And, and when you talk about that one six and like, going to thermo and when i listen to one six two the first time and i'm listening to it i hear your the the like happiness in the chords and the the happiness in the beats and then when you do go to thermo it is a little bit darker but i i like that where you gave him a taste of uh, your first album you gave him a taste of here's like some happiness stuff and and some feel good type stuff and then when you go over to thermo Mm -hmm. it's like okay, I'm on a different emotion right now and I'm going to show you guys, you know? I I want you guys to visualize this emotion and and feel it, you know? And I I definitely, when I was listening to it, I definitely can hear that for sure. And I'm I'm happy you brought that up. And I wanted to talk a little bit more about, like, the song Late Night and your production on that and how you made it to be so such a good sounding song and, and such an uplifting vibe. And then I also wanted to talk about your your one of your biggest features, I guess. You got a guy named Oakley on it. And I'm curious mm. on how you guys how you met him and how you guys interacted and if that is one of your closest homies or, or what about it, right? So Yeah, that's definitely a homie. But yeah, so late night, um I worked very closely with Conch on that uh, co-production and like helping me write and and structure that song. Um, After mixing all that stuff in the studio with him and him teaching me a lot, uh, we had like some extra bonus time um, and we're like, yo, let's make a track. So I think that whole thing from start to finish um, took two hours on two different days. Um, so an hour each and we just made the beat. I was trying to tell him about like some, uh, some passion fruit vibes. Um, I really been like in the house sound and implementing it into more like hip hop because I think it's been, uh, in like underground independent, uh, music because I think it's definitely been in here and there in pop and there's a lot of like electronic, like house type stuff, um, going on and that those sort of tempos. But, uh, yeah, that's just a danceability to it. You know, I want to make something that people could could bump, and then definitely like the sonic quality. I, I, I owe that all to Conch because I'm trying to chase that sound still, even though I got a song out like that. I'm trying to in my home studio replicate that. Um, because yeah, the my vocals are, are beautiful on that in terms of mixing, and uh, the production was all handled by Conch. The only thing I did was uh, throw in a drum loop from a previous song, repeat, and put it on there. Um, just to kind of encapsulate like 
and put it more in my world in terms of that production because I'm in love with that um, drum loop that I created and I've used it on multiple songs since. And uh, in terms of collaborating with Oakley, like that's just the guy and I feel like we um, really work well together. Um, I produce most of his stuff. I have nothing but, but love for that because he's definitely pulled me through some um, hard times since Thermo. Like, and when we started collaborating, definitely always trying to get stuff done and um just like a very childlike because he's, he's mad young but like very childlike mentality to to him and it, like when i'm down bad like he'll definitely hit me with some good advice and and a different perspective and then just say like yo let's work on some stuff like let's just let's just get it because because nothing really matters at this point like there's no there's no one to impress there's no one to uh that's going to be mad if you change up your sound because it's a very small audience. And uh, yeah, it's crazy that person so content with um, like releasing music to, to, to nobody, like just keeps creating, keeps putting it in the vault. So uh, definitely a huge inspiration. Keeps me going a lot. That's good, man. I, I, I'm glad that you, you have someone so close to you that, that pushes you to keep going because I, I think everybody does need that, that one guy or, one friend or whatever, one family member, whatever it may be to it when they're down bad or when they're feeling low and, and stuff like that, they have that, that person that's there and says, yo man, let's just cook up. Let's cook up in the studio. Let's, let's make mm-hmm. some fire. Let's make some for us, you know? So I, yeah. I definitely, I can appreciate him and, and what he's done for you and what you're probably doing for him. And as you said, you said he was young. So I mean, he probably looks up to you as as inspiration and says, like, I want to be like Drew Sicko, you know? And I think that's yeah. good, man. I, I think with with people like that, where you look up to other people and he looks up to you and you look up to him and, and back and forth, I think everybody needs that that circle of love where they're, where they're not afraid to take the risk and keep going. Because, I mean it's either take the risk or lose the chance, you know? So I think exactly yeah. with your music and, and all that, and you, like you said, you started when you were 16 and you said, I'm going to do this in 16 days and all that. You, you said to yourself, I'm going to take this risk or I'm going to lose the chance. And I, I you wanted to do something exactly. cool with but, it. Right. Yeah. But it wasn't even that deep at that point because coming off of Tyler, like, uh, and I think I said this the last time we talked, like if you listen to Tyler enough, you'll just, you'll become an artist or you'll become a fashion designer. And I've seen it happen to so many kids. Like they, they get introduced to this guy's music and they don't just take it for Sonics. Cause I feel like the general population is like, Oh yeah, Tyler, see you again. Earthquake sick. But like he's been killing the underground and leading the underground for so long. Like he's birthed uh, an incredible amount of kids. And if that guy, like when he passes on, like eventually, cause everyone does like, he, you'll really feel his influence and it'll be a surprise no matter what he does in career it'll be a surprise to the general public that like, oh, this guy, like, like a lot of people always owe their life and their whole career to him, right? Um, and it's very obvious, like Brockhampton, um, like, and a ton of kids coming up right now. If there was no Tyler, it'd be no them, just straight up. So um, his mentality towards things where it's like, fuck it, I'm young. Like, it's free to make this shit. It's in a home studio. Like, um, I'm talking my shit. I get my out, like, there's nothing but pros to this stuff and uh the cons are are very few other than like having to sometimes deep like dig very deep uh on like into yourself and also have to uh like lead an audience because because 
I feel like, yeah, there's some people that look up to my stuff. I, I'm trying to rally the troops more and get uh, the, the fans, per se, like, more involved with each other. Because I feel like everyone that fucks with me, like, they think they're the only one that fucks with me and they don't know each other. But the thing is with Tyler, like, he had a whole army with him and they were all friends with each other. And uh, the people that I was talking to before 1-6, we definitely all met each other through, like, golf wing fan, fan accounts or Tyler, like, music, right? So... I want to build a platform in my own art to like to where my fans can find each other and find solace and uh, representation in each other because it's, it's very important to be around like-minded people and you can't believe for a second with the world being so big that you're the only one that feels the way that you do at the time like no matter how crazy it is or w- even if you feel like a psycho even if you feel like a like you're you're really down bad like you can listen to some music like x or something like that where you're like, oh, no, nah, somebody else has been, like, crazy depressed or crazy upset in life, and I'm not weird for that. Um, just just normalizing a bunch of stuff is what we need to do in, in, in uh, this new decade, and I think a lot of kids need to feel more included, and the only way to combat not feeling included is to put out more art that's inclusive. Yeah, yeah, I definitely feel that, and, and I, I definitely agree, man, where you're you you need to people have to rally the troops and, and kind of get together and and know that no matter what you do you can make it and i think tyler's done that whereas like look at his last album igor where he he won a grammy for it and i know the grammys now are, are definitely very very a little bit off and weird especially this year it's always been weird because like how do you give an award for for something that's opinion based i I agree man i um, agree it's all it's all sound like music is invisible like it's literally invisible like you can't measure it you can't uh all sorts of all contests are kind of weird to me because it's like it's a lot of pageantry um all sports like gymnastic stuff it's like how do okay so that's form all right so that's why we're scoring it on music is like uh, is it like numbers? Is it record sales? Because you definitely need a certain level of record sales to be considered. But also, it's not necessarily who sells the most is the best because you can make something very divisive or something very just catchy, but not a lot of substance, and it'll get um Lessons, like streams views, and whatnot. Yeah. I think that was crazy um, that he got the Grammy. Like I'm super excited for him. But uh, what he said in the Zane Lowe interview, like that's baby shit. Like I'm trying to make movies. I'm trying to make planets. Like I'm trying to make um new business ventures right like the fact that he was so already over it like he didn't need the award um he accepted it graciously and and talked about some racial issues but the fact that he's already thinking about the next shit is uh amazing because at one point in his career that was like the end like he could die happy if that was he um, got a grammy if he got that and before he even got the grammy the the conversation switched like oh yeah no i'm gonna never like stop right like even if i get the grammy it's just like push push on forward so that was that definitely um made me feel a way when when he was talking about the grammy he's like yeah it's cool and all but like next shit that's all i'm focused on like we we celebrate a little bit but yeah like it's we keep it pushing right yeah yeah and and that leads me to my next question for you is where we see tyler and and i'd be curious to ask him this question because i bet you he would just saying i'm not a true artist yet but my question to you is is really what what moment did you kind of realize that you were making true art and and you were a true artist and stuff like that because i think when it comes to tyler it's he doesn't even think he's a true artist yet because he knows that he can keep going and make better better art and, and all that and 
he can believe he believes in himself that his art is continuing to expand and and grow and be better and and be different right and i think you're kind of on the same path where you you don't believe that you're like the best possible artist that you can be because you know that you continue to grow and be better and you always look at the next thing right and i think per se if you want a grammy or if you want an award for music whether it be edmonton's best artist or or whatever it be like canada's best artist whatever you would look at it and be like i'm better than that like i can be better i'm on a next i can go to the next level i'm not at my true full potential and i'm not my true my true artistry hasn't came out yet so that's my question to you is is what moment kind of did you realize that you if there was a moment where you're uh where you kind of realize all right i'm becoming an artist i'm becoming something that is a creation I'm, i'm creating all different types of things with your tattoos and an atlas media group or or your music right so which kind Mm -hmm. of moment did you think to yourself all right i am creating art and i'm going to become better and better and better each day it's it's definitely an ongoing process um and yeah like like you were saying with tyler um keeping it pushing is, is very important uh all those like awards and stuff is very like is external gratification it's external validation for uh, the stuff that we do and i feel like since music exists in so many different places at once like i can create a song and like you know 50 people could be listening to it all over the world at the same time i think if if they believe i'm an artist like then i am like in their mind right and because if something only exists in your mind um you know you could argue that that's not real like other people have to see that too so there's a, a a sense of external validation that you need if you're the only one that thinks you're a true artist or whatever the definition of that is then it's like okay but yeah you could say you're whatever the best in the world at every at anything you need a level of uh like the collective consciousness to agree with that but at the same time like that's not up for me to decide i'm just the creator of this thing and uh if you want to call it art if you want to call it um like if you want to say that i'm there and i'm real i'm official uh there's a bunch of different like factors you could measure that with but for me, I feel like I'm, I'm a true artist when I'm behind the mic, when the second after, like when I'm playing stuff back and I'm like, wow, I didn't think I could make that. Or wow, like where did that come from? Because I feel like ideas be floating around in the ether and they just kind of um, latch on to certain people who've li- lived a certain type of life or are interested in a certain thing and it uh, inspires them to do something. So like when I make the more beautiful, the more amazing a song is that I, I had created, the less I like see that as mine. Right. Like, especially with late night. Cause, cause collaborating with conch so much, I'm like, Oh, this is a collective effort. And I was just, yeah, I wrote the lyrics. Yeah. Like I helped create the, the piano line or whatever I even did. I forget what I did in the production, but definitely the drums. Um, and yeah, like I created the melodies, but, um, this exists in people's, headphones and their car stereo and uh whatever pictures are coming up and in their head when they're listening to it and whatever it inspires them to do like that's the the body and the and the life of of that creation um and to take it back like i'm a creation in myself like wherever we come from whatever the the thing running this universe is like i'm a creation and for me to like create moments and experiences and and um you know material for other people to consume I feel like it's just a, a natural thing the same way like a plant will will create fruit or or like 
an animal will will make make a habitat it's just kind of natural to me and like i was saying i want things to be frictionless and make sense so um and in a lot of sense trying to define something so heavily like a true artist or like uh am i like a grammy award winning artist or am i just like an independent like all these labels um if i step back and i realize that they're not productive to think about like i'm taking too much energy to think about and try to define something when i could be just working on creating or um refining I j- i'll just skip it and i'll just call it like yo call me whatever you want i you know so yeah that's kind of my half answer to that but yeah i i like it man i i like how you want to keep going and that you're like man if people think i'm a i'm a true artist and they believe in my art and they like it then i'm an artist but if some people are like ah this guy's garbage like blah 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 like whatever let them rock with it because who are they who are they to you you know like they're just other people as well and they're other creations that were put on this planet and and stuff like that so i i definitely appreciate your answer and where you're coming from however this is the end of the show and and i appreciate you coming on doing this a second time because the first time I, I made a mistake and it, and it messed up on yeah. me a little bit and i appreciate you giving me your time and, and putting a value on this and getting your story out and and giving advice to me and other artists in the city or around the world right and, and again man I, I can't can't say enough that i appreciate it and i'm really grateful that, that you decided to come on and that you're telling me your story and continually when i hit you up you you answer quick and you say i can help you out anytime so i appreciate it bro yeah for sure bro like yeah i can help you with whatever anybody that's listening to this like um in the future i don't know how much my time will be worth but like right now if you see this tomorrow the next day bro you hit me up and uh you tell me what uh what you've taken from my music because i don't get to hear that like like people assume that artists know exactly what their fans are thinking at every moment and they know how popping there are yeah but especially independent artists uh people aren't because it's not their responsibility they're not actively dming me and being like oh i uh this is like this is what i think of you right and for even people to dm me and and think like oh he might not respond um i'm like that's not even how i am right like i'm just some kid making like working a nine to five and trying to make beats right now so i'm not i'm not hard to reach at all so i think people should take that opportunity and if they find someone in their life that uh might be able to help them out like yo that's your opportunity to take like i'm, I'm a resource to people right now because there's a lot that i just through my own interest i taught myself and i, I want to teach other people because i think there's there's never anything to lose from that so uh and yeah i'd love to be on this podcast like a bunch of other times yeah um, and help you find some more people to interview because i definitely have a lot of people that could uh that could say some cool stuff to you yeah man i appreciate that i will uh we'll definitely keep in touch we'll definitely keep talking man and i i i can't thank you enough bro i i do really appreciate it and i appreciate you giving me your time and and what you have to say so i i mean thank you man i appreciate it yeah no problem there it is everybody my interview with local edmonton artist drew sicko he uh he definitely showed his true emotion there and is definitely a big inspiration to me 
how he has grinded it out and pushed himself ever since he was 16 years old. He uh, He's just trying to get better every day, and, and I respect that from him, and it, I definitely look up to that. Um, I hope you guys can too. I hope you guys get a little bit of something out of that interview and, and continue to push whatever you're doing, whether it be school, chasing your dream, designing clothes, running a marathon, whatever. I hope you guys keep pushing and keep grinding it out. Uh, next week, we have a very special guest. He is a Stanley Cup champion. He has grinded out, been cut from teams, made teams, and, and definitely just he's an inspiration to me and, and pushes himself every day as well. And I'm excited for you guys to hear his story, how he kind of got to where he is today. But to say the least, this is the end of episode two of In the Process Writing a Story. I'm your host, Connor Kamineski, and I'll see you guys next week. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye.